Hello. Welcome to the High Potion Tavern. We're back. And it's lit. It's lit. It's on fire. Oh, no. It's litten. More like it's incineroar. I'm Sean, and here's Keenan, and uh, oh god, incineroar. Incineroar. What's the significance of incineroar? I don't know. I just felt like saying it. Well, I think that was the most anticlimactic final Smash character for me. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> where, gonna... where, where's, where, where's Josh to voice his opinion of I don't care about Smash Bros? I think we're still waiting for him to come in, but uh, we can talk about this real quick, and then uh, if he doesn't show up, I'll, I'll try again. We're going to dive right in? Yeah, let's go. Let's dive right in. So, well, you, you, you go on. You said anticlimactic. You used that word. Yes. I just, uh, I don't know. I guess, like, I was expecting more. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Grinch leak, I feel, got uh, hopes and expectations up for a lot of people. However, uh, I think it was during E3 that Sakurai said, you know, we've brought back all the characters, so, you know, don't get your expectations too high about newcomers, that there really aren't going to be a lot more newcomers. So... It was either that or, or the direct where they uh, revealed Simon and K. Rule. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, honestly, they gave me Castlevania, so I didn't give a crap. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, for me, uh, this game was already, like, a 10 out of the 10 the minute they gave me that. And then, like, uh, you know, I was yeah. surprised that, Simon and Richter made it in before Isaac. That's crazy. Luigi. They they didn't even do one Castlevania character. They did two. That was what was surprising to me. And a damn plant got in before Waluigi. I'm yeah, that, that hates Waluigi. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, wah! <laughs> <laughs> wah, Waluigi. He's a Pokemon now. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, that's Smash. I mean, I honestly, it wasn't even the Grinch leak that was disappointing. It was just the presentation. And I've heard I've heard this kind of echoed, but I I very much agree with this. Like they wasted like 30 uh, minutes echoed. of that. <laughs> they wasted like almost 25 minutes just on options menus and like stuff no one cared about. Yeah, the options and spirits and and spirits as a, as a mode felt a little underwhelming because it's essentially a rehash of the stickers from brawl and the like badges and equipment from smash four so to spend that much time on it while like all the while you're showing these spirits that are characters that basically may or may not deconfirm them as dlc and and then and and then they waited until the end to show off what looks like a pretty fun single player adventure mode which was just such a strange decision to me for them to leave that till the very end yeah yeah it was uh you know world of light it looks sweet but uh it also kind of looks like the mario tennis adventure mode to me so i'm not really feeling feeling it so far oh it's definitely a bad thing i mean it's gonna have great cinematics so that might make up for it 
but uh, if it, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic on this. That's fair. And about the cinematics, uh, I'm actually, I wouldn't even say cautiously optimistic. I, I'm actually glass half empty on that. Uh, I'm not getting my hopes up whatsoever regarding cinematics because I don't know if you remember, but after Brawl with sub, uh, Subspace Emissary, Sakurai went on record saying that he doesn't want to do cutscenes anymore because he feels that people's ability to post them on YouTube would just cheapen the value of them. So it's very likely that we're just going to have that one opening cutscene where everyone gets thanos and then that's it. Well, I'm going to voice my opinions on Smash Brothers when it comes out. Fair. Because what you're telling me right now makes me want to just break my game cartridge when I get it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're breaking Simon and Richter, man. No, no. I mean, like, it'll just be disappointing because for me, Wii U was fun. But the single player was severely lacking, and this is just going to be more of that to me. Come on, you didn't like Smash Tour? Come on. Smash yeah, Tour. I mean, it, it'll be, it'll be the obviously the multiplayer is stellar, but the single player modes, man, like they've just gotten worse with each game. Yeah, and brawl. I, well, no, brawl was the high point, I think. And then after that, it kind of it's well. Even Brawl, though, like they they kind of ruined break the targets in that game and all sorts of stuff like that. And I understand why because yeah. there's too many. Oh, did I hear the sound of Josh joining in? No, but we're gonna uh, shelve this conversation, and I'm gonna call him in. So, uh, okay. so yeah, Smash Bros. It's coming out in a month. We'll Good. talk more about it. Gonna We've talked plenty about this. Put it yep. on the shelf with my amiibo. And uh, let's uh, invite Josh into the tavern. So uh, hold on. Alrighty. All right, we should be good to go. I, I have, this segment is uh, waiting for us for Josh to come in, and here he is. Josh is in the tavern. <laughs> Hello, I am in the High Potion Tavern, which apparently is a video game podcast. So segment Woo. two, we've got Josh in. Uh, we're off of the Smash Bros. topic until uh, until the what? game comes out. So nonsense! <laughs> <laughs> you missed the Smash discussion again, Josh. We'll never hear your opinions about Smash Brothers. I had as so long, much to say. As long as this High Potion Tavern goes. <laughs> we won't know well, until blame, the game comes out. I blame you guys. <laughs> so what these are technical you, difficulties we're having. So, um, so Keenan, I know you, you're, you've probably got a very interesting what I've been playing. What have you been playing, Keenan? What have I been playing? Uh, I've been playing... Um, I've been playing Elmo's Preschool Adventure. How was the end of Breath of the Wild, Keenan? Elmo time. Well, now, well, now hold on. I got to talk about Elmo's Preschool Adventure here. Okay, no, got, don't waste got... time. Don't waste time. There's... Is is that like is that like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse? Uh, it, yes, it, but it's it's more faithful to the source material and more child there... friendly. Oh, I went there. Uh... Uh... <laughs> hey. Also, I apologize for the sounds in the background. I'm... Noisy for a little bit because I'm cooking dinner. Oh, that's okay. I had some. I had some. Uh, a little bit of a dinner disaster myself. So. Oh no, we lost him. 
I think the asparagus ate him. Josh, Josh has lost to us yet again, but that's okay. We'll try to get him back. Yes, we will. This segment is staying in the episode. And we're back. So Keenan, better than ever. So Keenan, what have you been playing? I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I'm enjoying it quite a lot thus far. All right. You've got one heck of a job ahead of you, Sean, in trying to stitch this madness together. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm Don't sure worry. Good. So, Keenan, wait. Before you go into Xenoblade 2, how was uh, the end of Breath of the Wild? Oh, you know, I took a breath, and it was pretty wild. So... No, I, I have I, you. Uh, I have you completed it. the main storyline? Yes, yes, I did. I have not played the DLC. Uh, I'm kind of, I've kind of had my fill of the wild for now. I've taken enough breaths, so to speak. I'm gonna tell you, definitely play the Champions Ballad, but uh, you know, you're probably gonna need like six months away from the game. Oh, I will. Considering the amount yeah. you played, I, I yeah, I, I definitely will. Now, the, the only thing is, I, I was a bit, I was a bit underwhelmed by the ending. And maybe that's just because of what I'm used to in the Zelda franchise. But spoiler warning: uh, the fight, don't the fight against. Yeah, no, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's not really a huge spoiler. Don't do it! Don't do it! Just the do final, it! Just the do final, it! Final, okay. The final boss fight was a bit underwhelming for me. Uh, I, I think I might have enjoyed it more if it was done a bit differently. But just the uh, ending in general, I'd say was was good, and it was. It was made good overall by just the going through Hyrule Castle. So yes, the yes, I agree a hundred percent with you. Ganon, Ganon was a little underwhelming, but Hyrule Castle was like the best part of the game to me. It was so good. Yeah, I, so I really good. did have fun exploring a very volatile and dangerous area, and just seeing what there was and, and seeing like this is the biggest Hyrule Castle I've ever been. In terms of, ex- of uh, exploration. Keep those little chihuahuas piping down. That's okay. They're they're just uh they're getting right, riled the chihu- up. The chihuahuas they had they had flavor. They had they're flavor. Get, they're getting riled up. Um they had so, some spice. Yeah, so how'd you uh how'd you deal with those lionels? I totally powered through them because I did all hundred and twenty shrines, so I had everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, for me, actually, the second time I beat the game was more memorable to me because the first time, you know, it's all about everything was shiny and new, and I didn't do all the shrines like you did. I just got the Master Sword and the Hylian Shield, and, you know, yeah. that was about it. And then I just went and did the Hyrule Castle. And then the second time, I was doing Master Mode, and uh, those Lynels killed me in one hit. So I had to flurry rush them to death. Hey, I mean, the Flurry Rush, you don't underestimate the power of the Flurry Rush. Yeah, because if I, if I missed even one of them, I died because it would just kill me. So. Yeah, it was tough. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I'd say that in terms of the, like, the challenge that the enemies in the game presented, Breath of the Wild was uh, at the top. I can't think of other kind of enemy fight challenges in other Zelda games that have been that tough. I, uh, I'd say Skyward, Skyward Sword's final boss was kind of challenging. In your opinion, I, I thought I thought the final boss of Skyward Sword was actually pretty easy. But but regardless, I I enjoyed the end of Breath of the Wild. Uh, I I I was very I was very satisfied with it. 
Awesome. And your time with Xenoblade 2, how's that going? Uh, my time with Waifu Anime Blade Chronicles 2 is good. <laughs> <laughs> so far. Um, all the busty babes. Yeah, all, all the, like, I, I got the, I got the red-haired, uh, the red-haired booby waifu. And Pyra, it's, yep. Yep, the, uh, I, I'm already getting the glimpses of over-sexualization, which, I mean, come on, it's, you know, it's, it's like a, it's kind of a shonen anime-inspired game in a, in a sense i know there's other jrpg elements obviously and it's got the xenoblade flair to it but you got a lot of that kind of fan service going on and, and that's that's okay i guess uh as long as it doesn't like i i don't want it to become too like in my face so i'm, I'm hoping that uh, i'm hoping that the other really good elements of the game will shine i haven't gotten too deep into the battle system which Xenoblade and Xenoblade X had really good battle systems that were deep and complex, but not too complex that I couldn't wrap my head around them. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to further exploration. I think it's interesting that, as far as I know, the entire game takes place on a bunch of different titans. I mean, that's what it sounds like. So, I mean, that's that's Xenoblade right there. The original Xenoblade had the game took place on two titans that were just a lot larger in scale so i'm looking forward to that i think the exploration is going to be really good and i'm just looking forward to all the other little nitty-gritty and and the plot of course i'm sure the plot's going to really uh be good i've heard people say it's not as good as the original xenoblade but i'm still looking forward to it i yeah i i'm the only person i know that's finished it because a lot of you know a lot of my friends have either started it and only gotten part of the way through and given up or they're not gonna, re- or they're not gonna revisit it anytime soon. Josh, Josh raises his hand. <laughs> Josh Grant. Uh, but I really think it picks up about forty percent of the way through the game, maybe forty-five percent. So it kind of takes a long time to really get into the game. But the last half of the game, if you stick with it, is com- it makes the whole experience worth it to me. Um. And I still look back fondly on it, and I think the soundtrack is one of its greatest strengths. Because uh, I mean, Zeno, the Xenoblade series, in terms of like uh, the original game and X, both had awesome soundtracks as well. But this game, I feel like uh, they elevated it. So that's that's definitely something to look forward to. And yeah, the exploration is definitely awesome. You'll you'll have a good time with it when you when you dis- as you delve further into it. Yeah, I mean, in in terms of the music, it's kind of funny because with it, it, it almost seems like a running theme in Xenoblade, where it's like, "What is this awesome battle theme? This must be like the battle theme for the final boss." And you're like, "Nope, it's just for regular enemies." Yeah, it's, it's, actually, it's, it's one of the best. Crab. Yeah, one of the best battle themes in the entire game is like just fighting regular enemies. I yeah. think it's better than most of the boss battle themes. Yeah, like oh, you think you, you think you're fighting this giant formidable foe? No, you're just fighting a little crab, a little caterpillar, <laughs> a little bird. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna really enjoy it. I think uh, the gotcha system though kind of is annoying. Like uh, you know, just rolling for blades kind of is annoying. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't gotten to that yet. My only blade is Pyra, or I I don't know if you count Dromark as uh, Nia's blade, but yeah, no, it's definitely yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, I think the asparagus ate Josh this time. 
Oh no. Well, we'll, we'll get him back. But uh, yeah. So is that, does that kind of wrap up your thoughts on Xenoblade two? Yes, it does for now. All right. All right. Segment three, here we come. Oh yeah. And so I have been playing. What have you been playing? You've been playing. Don't play with me. Yeah, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. What's that game about? It's about outlaws. It's about killing people. It's about all sorts of things. I hear Train got, robberies. I hear it's got some horses in it, too. Yeah, realistic horses. And I hear it's, uh, it's a really good game. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> just the the way you said that sounded like, yeah, yeah, it's a good game. But in your head, you're thinking like, I hate this game. <laughs> so I don't hate it. I actually really, really love it. I think it's uh, definitely uh, it's definitely a great game. But there are a lot of little things that do kind of add up that kind of oh. make it make the experience less than perfect. It's definitely not a 10 out of 10. So it dampens the experience for you? Uh, I don't know yet. Like, I think I'm still too early in the game to really say. Because, you know, like, things can always change. But um, so far, I think the my main problem is just uh, you have to, you have to, like, go places on your horse and that's really the most the only way you can really travel correct me if i'm wrong did the original red dead have um fast travel system i don't remember i haven't played the game in uh you know like 10 years i guess or whenever it came out i feel like it did i feel like there was a guy on a horse-drawn carriage outside of armadillo town who would like take you to other places but yeah yeah, so the there is a fast travel system in Red Dead Redemption 2, but um, it's only from your camp to a town. Okay. And so if you want to go back, you still have to ride your horse back. I see. Okay. So it gets kind of... I mean, it's not even cumbersome because what it does do is it slows down the game significantly, but it also exposes you to more of the world. So it could be a deliberate choice that they made to make people kind of do it that way. But at the same time, you know, like it kind of removes that player agency of being able to fast travel if you want to. So it's not a very easy game to, you know, just do the missions of they want you to spend time in the world and like do stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of a game you have to be in the mood for. You know what I mean? Right. So I've been so I've been kind of peeling away at it, playing some missions. I'm really enjoying it like a lot as I play it. Uh there are some clunky controls. Rockstar games tend to have those kind of clunky controls. <laughs> and uh it is kind of frustrating because the wanted system in the game is kind of broken. So like if you even bump into someone, you get like a bounty on your head, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> I see. Uh, so there's like a lot of little gripes that kind of detract from the experience. But what I will say is now that I got all the negative out of the way, because that, that's kind of really all I have to say that's really about the game. Okay. Um, the world is beautiful. There's like so much to see and do. 
Um, you really like you, you go to camp and you meet up with all these different people and they all have like different stories and there's all sorts of things. And you just like feel like you're part of the world as you play it. So it's almost like you get frustrated as if your character would get frustrated in that moment. Yeah. And all sorts of stuff like that. So it's very immersive in that regard. And uh, I really enjoy, kind of, you know, I've been spending more time just kind of doing random stuff than actually playing through the story, which is both awesome, and, but also something, you know, like, I'm more of a story guy. So for me to be doing this kind of stuff, I feel like I'm just like, oh, okay, I need to like get back and like actually play the game now. <laughs> so in my 15 to 20 hours that I've played so far, I'm only about 15% of the way through the story, but I have like 33% map completion. Okay. So I'm making progress, but you know, it's slow going. Uh, in the interim, though, I've been playing a bunch of other peripheral games to kind of support this game. Okay. In a way. So Red Dead's like my main game, but it's also a game that I take a lot of breaks from and like play other games in the meantime. True. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to stop you there for a second. I, I wonder if Josh might want to weigh in on some of this. I have actually uh, been talking with Josh, and I think he's, uh, he's going to sit, sit the rest of it out because his technical difficulties are... Uh, are not supporting how he it, wants to do this right it's, now. It's the man eating asparagus. Yeah, the, the yeah. asparagus has kind of eaten him up, but we will get him uh, it's, on a full he, he episode. Just, he, very he, just, he just accidentally dropped some chemical X on that asparagus, and it's become mutated. So he's fighting it off right now. He's yeah, going to be they, battling that asparagus for the rest and, of the And, you know, they don't tell you that when you do a podcast, the hardest and most, like, uh, difficult enemy to deal with is just scheduling, man. Scheduling. Ooh, let's 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 totally switch gears from video <laughs> games to the mechanics of running a podcast. Oh my I think, god! I think the viewers would really enjoy that. Yeah, so it's really just frustrating to have to deal with all these technical difficulties, and maybe we should try to see if there's an alternative method to really record these because uh, we've been having quite a few of those, and I'm sure the view listeners have had to deal with it. Yeah, well, it's it's nice that we have such faithful listeners in our in our fan group, including so, us. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, you the best. You're the best <laughs> one. Speaking of, you're the best. You gonna get Pokemon Let's Go uh, next week? I am. My girlfriend wants to get Let's Go Eevee. Uh, I'm probably gravitating towards Let's Go Pikachu just because. You know, it's it's Pikachu. My first Pokemon game was Yellow Version, the special Pikachu edition. But I don't uh, think I'm going to get it at launch. I think I'm going to wait a little bit. Yeah, I might get it, but I'm also going to wait a little bit. And I'm also probably going to get Pikachu. Yeah. Because I was going to get Eevee until I found out you can't evolve your Eevee. And then I was, like, not interested anymore in Eevee. Yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing. Eevee, Eevee is the evolution Pokemon. Isn't that its actual description? It's the evolution Pokemon? Yeah, this game is not looking very good to me, to be perfectly honest. Oh, dear. I've heard okay. a lot of troubling things, in my opinion, that if they kind of follow through with on future Pokemon games, I think I'm just out on the series permanently. Wow. Ugh. Uh, but that may be a discussion for another day. It could be. It could be. I mean, I, I have heard some things that may or may not put a bad taste in my mouth, like how the Pokeball 
plus controller is that what it's called the the pokeball controller how that works how it feels in your hand and how it's not exactly intuitive at times oh i'm not even going to get that controller but uh i'm sure it's it doesn't feel, seem it, like it would be intuitive it's the only way to get mew man mew is locked behind this pokeball shaped controller i could care less i don't care about pokedex completion really <laughs> no that's fair i mean i'd like to have mew but I'm not going to spend $100 to get Mew. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if I would fully enjoy the game. I, it's nice to see sort of a breath of fresh air uh, in there, and it's nice to see a new take on the first generation. But I don't know, man. I, I think I'm in the same camp as you on this. Yeah, it's kind of a sad camp to be in. I kind of wish Josh was able to voice his opinion because he seems very excited about it. Well, I mean, we'll we'll just need to hear more of his opinion on the next episode. Yeah, when the so, game's actually yeah, when the game's yeah. actually out, I think would be a good time to talk yeah. about it. E- even if our next episode is completely unrelated to Pokemon, if we just decide to do a, an episode on on woodworking, then we'll have Josh do a mini segment on Pokemon. Let's go. That sounds good. All right, sweet. Woodworking next episode. So, yeah, talk, so... Talk about stools and, and rocking horses and tables, and it's going to be great. Anyway. So, like I've been saying, I've been supporting <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 with a bunch of peripheral games, additional games that I've been right, kind of right, playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I actually, last weekend, when I could have played Red Dead Redemption 2 for upwards of 15 hours... What I did instead was play Detroit Become Human. <laughs> and I finished the whole game. Oh, wow. That's, that's quite a binge. <laughs> yeah, this game was... It came kind of came out of nowhere. I, I had interest in it when it released. And uh, it kind of fell off my radar. And then I saw it at GameStop. And it was cheap. Uh, it was cheaper than it has been for a while. Uh, used. And then I had a coupon from buying Red Dead Redemption 2. So I used that coupon and I got it for like $15. So it was kind of worth it cool. to me at that, at that price. And uh, the whole game, I don't know if you know a lot about it. Uh, it's got Connor and you've got branching pathways that are based on your choices. And you've got, you know. Well, you know how I played, heavy, you know how I played heavy Rain earlier this year, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's made by the same developer. Yes. So, yeah, it's about a bunch of androids who are kind of becoming sentient. Yeah. As, uh, as Like, there's discrimination and I guess you could say racism. Yeah, it, it's kind of got these... Th- it's kind of in your face about some of those themes, but uh, the game is still great despite that. Like, the storyline is still extremely strong, even with those themes being kind of thrown in your face. And if you look past that... Uh, it's really, I think, one of the best games I've played this year. I was very, I was like very engrossed in what was happening the whole time. And uh, I, you know, I took some breaks last weekend to do some other stuff, but I needed to know what happened next. It was almost like watching a Netflix series. Wow. Yeah, I was just like, I got, and then like the conclusion that I got was extremely satisfying for me. Uh, but, you know, the way you play the game kind of dictates what's going to happen. And in fact, I think this is one of the best games to kind of show off that kind of thing where uh-huh. every choice you make does actually matter because there's a flow chart that tracks your progress. 
And there's very, there's so many different branching paths that I've only scratched the surface of them, even though I completed the game. That's pretty sweet. Sounds like it's a game you can really get a lot out of in terms of mileage. Yeah, I might actually end up replaying it at some point just to see what some of the other choices would have resulted in. But uh, yeah, there's, you play as three androids, Kara, Marcus, and um, Connor. Yep. And Kara is like this caretaking uh, caretaking android who's like, uh, you know, bought by an abusive father and she kind of becomes sentient and takes care of this uh, little girl, the father's little girl, and then they kind of go on their own path. And th- this is all kind of like stuff you'll find out about in like the first couple hours. So there- it's not really major spoilers. Yeah. Um, Connor's like a detective robot. He kind of works with, uh, or Android. He works with, um, with a cop and like it, his story can kind of become like a buddy cop type story because you're, you're kind of like making friends with this human cop and you kind of just go off and do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then Marcus ends up being the leader of the Android revolution, which is, uh, which is kind of like they're trying to get Android rights and stuff like that. And it's got very distinct parallels to like the civil rights movement so yeah. but uh you go through this tale and there's a lot of like there's a lot of like shocking moments and uh it's very intense actually like i i think it's one of the better video game stories i've ever played that's really cool yeah and just, i think and you just consider that to be sort of a peripheral game yeah well yeah because it, it i mean to I, I started it Saturday, last Saturday, and I finished it, like, Sunday night. So it only really took me two play sessions, probably, like, 12 or 15 hours. Nice. Um, but I was hooked, and it was great, and it was awesome. And uh, that was Detroit Become Human. And the other game I've kind of been playing on my PlayStation is uh, Castlevania Requiem, which is a collection of Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood. Yeah, so so tell me a little more about that. So Symphony of the Night is widely considered to be one of the best games in the Castlevania series. And Rondo of Blood features Richter Belmont, who's very prominently featured in uh, Super Smash, Smash Bros. Brothers. <laughs> and uh, Symphony of the Night is actually the sequel to Rondo of Blood, which uh, the United States did not know about because Rondo of Blood wasn't even released in the United States until... 2006 when the, it came out on the PSP in the Dracula X Chronicles. Okay. Um, so yeah, so this repackaging is kind of just Konami being super lazy and just putting some stuff together because the Castlevania Netflix series has become popular. But uh, I'm yeah, glad they I've, did I've because the it, Castle, yeah, I've heard that Netflix series is really really good. Yeah, I watched the first season and it. I don't know. It didn't really work for me very much, I guess. Like, it wasn't bad, but it was kind of a little... I don't know. There's something off about it to me. It might have just been that Castlevania is very defined by the music, and the music in the Netflix series was not at the same caliber, and they I don't think they used any iconic tracks from the games. So it kind of felt a little off to me. Interesting. Do you feel... If you, if you can, like, remember what the what it was like watching it do you feel like it was if it didn't have castlevania attached to it would you have liked it more maybe but i felt like it was a little bit slow 
and there were only four episodes. So that's kind of, you know, it doesn't really bode well for something for me when something's that slow and it's only four episodes. Uh, I've heard the second season is incredible, though, so I might delve into it. I am interested in watching it because I've heard some uh, some names being tossed around that piqued my interest from Castlevania games that I've enjoyed in the past. Yeah. That are obscure, too, like obscure Castlevania games. So it's like they're drawing from pretty much any game that's been popular, you know? True. Any other peripheral games that you've played? Uh, Let's see. We've been kind of playing... Let me think. A couple of Switch games, really. Okay. Oh, you know, speaking of Switch, so it's not really... I wouldn't really say I played it. I kind of just checked it out to see if anything has changed, uh, which is Fortnite. I do find it really interesting that Fortnite, like, you know, it, it's Fortnite. It's a craze. It's like a, a huge phenomenon. It mainly appeals to the younger crowd, yada, yada, yada. But, like, just the, the kind of plot elements in it are kind of interesting. Like, so so I think back in August when I, like, started dabbling in it, there was, like, a crack in the sky. And people were like, oh, what's this big crack in the sky? As everyone's, like, you know, trying to be the last man standing, there's, like, this huge crack in the sky. And it's like, oh, what does it mean? Is there going to be like a plot development or something? And then like later on, I, I think like a month later, just this big old cube, this big old purple cube falls out of the sky. And if you go near the cube uh, while you're doing like the battle royale, then uh, it gives you like low gravity properties. So you can like jump really high and you move a little bit slower. So, so that was kind of interesting. So it, it almost seemed like they were going with some kind of alien development. Uh, and then and then the cube started moving around the map. Like each time you started a new like battle royale, like the cube will have moved. And then it settled and then the cube settled in Loot Lake, which is like the big lake of the map. And then the entire lake, if you went in it, then you'd get that kind of anti-gravity property, the low gravity. And now uh, and obviously it's because of Halloween, but like the cube has like caused, or at least I'm guessing it has because Loot Lake is like now gone absolutely bonkers. Like there are these like monster things, not necessarily zombies, but like these weird monster alien things that are basically mobs, like, like plain old enemies that you could just shoot and kill and get like points for it which I think is pretty cool. So now not only do you have to worry about other players, but you have to worry about these monsters too. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't actually delve into Fortnite's uh, events or anything like that. I was more into pretty much every other game that had a Halloween event. That's, that's totally fair. That's (laughs) fair. I'm not saying Fortnite does it well. I'm just saying I found it interesting. I was, I was playing the Overwatch Halloween events here and there. that, That was pretty fun. Okay. Uh, you gotta do some stuff with this Frankenstein caricature, and uh, there there was like a horde mode, and it was kind of fun. 
Uh, I only played it a couple of nights, but, you know, that's kind of how I delve into multiplayer games is I have so many of them now that I just kind of play what I feel like. Yeah. When I feel like it and then move on and then maybe play it again. Yeah. I feel like that's the way a lot of people play certain games like that. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up this segment and uh, it looks like we might be able to get Josh in for the last uh, last portion of this episode. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, these technical difficulties have been very frustrating lately. Yeah. And, and the asparagus, you know, oh. that, that damn asparagus, man. But hey, that's okay. Killer asparagus will uh, maybe relinquish our friend. So we'll be back in a few. Welcome back to the episode called Frankenstein, because that's what this episode is, a Frankenstein episode. Excuse me, Sean. I believe you're referring to Frankenstein's monster. You are correct, Keenan. Frankenstein's monster. And so, yeah, before uh, before we cut off, Josh is actually unable to join us. Uh, it's kind of, like I said, the scheduling has been kind of difficult, but... Uh, As he, has the asparagus. But that's okay. We'll... Uh, We'll definitely get him in on our on our next episode because I need to hear how he uh, what he thinks of Pokemon Let's Go for sure. I also need to know about his fight with the asparagus. His, so. Yeah, and see if see if he so was victorious of, or not. Sort of a to be continued sort of thing. So yeah. So anyway, we've been uh, I've been playing some stuff on my Switch as well. Uh, I got Dark Souls remastered on my Switch. <laughs> even though I got the trilogy on the PlayStation 4. I just wanted a way to play it portably. And uh, it, you know, it runs really smooth portably. So I got it on the Switch. Why not? I figure I'll play Remastered on the Switch and then play 3 on the PS4. And maybe play 2 at some point. Okay. They're not really related to each other, so you can play them in any order. And I've heard 2 is the worst of the 3. Um, and three and one are kind of tied into each other more. Interesting. And, uh, Dark Souls three is, uh, is supposed to be really, really good. So I'm really excited to play Dark Souls three, but I have to get through Dark Souls. And, uh, so far it's very challenging. So we'll see how long it takes. I mean, I think I've said it before, but it's very rare that I get through that much of a game and then just stop. Usually if I get that far in a game, then I'm going to see it through to the end. But that game just, it kept kicking my ass. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, Bloodborne did that, but I still kept, I kept subjecting myself to it. Like the DLC, one of the bosses was the hardest thing in the world. I fought him like 80 times before I beat him. I mean, more, more power to you. Or at least it felt like 80 times. I don't know how much it actually was. It might have been less. It might have been more. I don't know. Oh, but uh, yeah, and then the other game I've really been playing is Diablo 3. I got that on the Switch. It just came out last week. And, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, Josh got it too, and uh, it's very addictive. It's like a very loot-based kind of game. The storyline is like, I don't even know what's happening in the story, to be honest. It's kind of just like, it's almost like dressing on a salad. It's kind of just there. You're not really eating the salad for it. You're 
Well, I don't know. Maybe you are eating the salad for a You get what I mean. So you're saying it's <laughs> fake healthy. Yes, it is fake healthy. But <laughs> what I will say is Diablo 3 seems like it was made for the Switch. It is like the perfect portable game. That's, like, that's pretty funny considering Diablo 3 came out in like, what, 2006? 2005? No, that was Diablo 2, I think. Diablo 3 came out in like 2011 or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not that old. And uh, it's been re-released like a ton of times, but this is the first time it's shown up on a Nintendo console. They even released a special edition Switch with its release, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun, though. I uh, I highly, I think you might even enjoy it, Keenan. Seems kind of like up your alley. It's it's a very easy game to just like pick up and play, and then like you can like shut it off and you get back to it, and you don't have any sort of like ties to the story, and you're just kind of like you build a character and you just kind of go and like kill kill some demons. That's pretty much what Diablo is all about. Sounds pretty fun. I've also heard some uh, controversy about what Blizzard's done with. Uh, oh yeah, games. it is unfortunate that that happened right around the time Diablo Three released on Switch. Kind of sucked out all the oxygen of uh, the positive news of the game's release. Yeah, it shouldn't take away from Diablo Three's success and enjoyment factors, but yeah, I've heard a lot of negative stuff about all that. And I, I don't know enough about it to be able to go into the topic. Well, but. really what happened was uh, they had BlizzCon, I think, like last weekend or whatever. Uh, and long story short, people were expecting Diablo 4. And a lot of people traveled for it and stuff like that. And their final announcement was a Diablo mobile game, which kind of upset a lot of people. You know what that reminds me of? Nintendo? I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. no. You remember uh, Square Enix when they just, they were teasing like uh, the world ends with you announcement and like the music kept getting more like, you know, involved and like you started seeing more of the silhouettes on the website and it's like, oh my God, it's going to be the world ends with you too. Oh my God, it's happening. And then it's like mobile game. (laughs) You're like, what the hell? (laughs) Not just mobile game, mobile port. Hooray! Yeah, the only mobile game I play is Fire Emblem Heroes, and don't ask me anything about that game, because I have put money into it, and we will not talk about why or how much. But we'll uh, talk about Waifu Emblem Heroes. Yeah, you think you think <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is Waifu Blade Chronicles? <laughs> Fire Emblem Heroes is the real Waifu game. Hold <laughs> Fire Emblem Heroes goes to Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and is like, hold my beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know if I've talked about Fire Emblem Heroes much, so I'll talk about it a little bit because uh, it is kind of fun to talk about it, and I I don't really get a chance to really kind of really nerd out about it. So uh, do you kind of know how it works? No. Well, obviously it's a mobile game, and you know how Fire Emblem's a strategy RPG and stuff. So Fire Emblem Heroes is actually a very faithful recreation of that on your mobile phone. Um, The catch, though, is you have to summon heroes. Okay. So summoning heroes requires orbs, which are premium currency that you can earn in the game or you can purchase. And uh, in order to do a summon, you have to spend five orbs. And then as you complete, so like you, you click on a, like 
So basically what they do is they release banners of uh, units. And uh, they can have anything from units that have been out for a while to limited time units, like, to tie it. So, for example, there was a Halloween banner. So there are, like, four Halloween-exclusive units. And they're <laughs> only available for a limited time. And then the banner changes. And they're consistently releasing, like, new units and stuff like that. And, like, uh, you know, there's the weapon triangle that's kind of in play. But there's also the, uh, there's also, like, colors that are in play. So there's, like, a color triangle as well. And so that's kind of how they diversify all these heroes is there's, like, you know, there's, like, different types of units. There's, like, flying types, cavalry types, dragon, and, like, infantry. Gotcha. And so... Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's a gotcha game. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so gotcha is uh, the Japanese term for basically like loot boxes. And so basically the entire game is based around loot boxes because you're trying to get the best units. You're trying to pull for skills because you can inherit powerful skills onto units you really like. Yeah. uh, From other more powerful units. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's really 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 fun and addictive and uh don't play it i'll take your word for it. <laughs> because nintendo will take your money so don't... Yeah. well Inte- I, i'm pretty sure intelligent systems is making tons of bank on this game oh, sure, I, yeah. i've read articles of this this is definitely nintendo's most successful mobile game from what i've seen which is very surprising to me because it's fire emblem which uh, you know, like before Fire Emblem Awakening, they weren't even going to make another Fire Emblem game. Yeah, it's thanks to the success of Awakening that it's really, really come into its own as a flagship. I don't know. Would you call it a flagship Nintendo? I think at this point, it's at least B tier. It's like right under Zelda. Like right under the, the Mario and Zelda would be like their A tier, I think. And I think it's probably at the same level of like... uh I don't know, maybe like Metroid. Maybe Splatoon level? Yeah, Splatoon's like a B-tier game. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I would say it's about Splatoon level of popularity yeah. at this point. Um, Splatoon might be a little bit more popular, but uh, because I think the core games are like, the core Fire Emblem games are still kind of iffy. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, Fire Emblem Fates uh, was split into three separate games. But uh, if you combine the sales of all three games, I think it did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Fire Emblem Heroes, like, uh, summoning summoning heroes can get kind of painful. Because, uh, you know, you, you have, like, you build up a, a pity rate, so you build up a percentage uh, that you're going to get, like, an exclusive hero or, like, a five-star hero, but then you're pulling all this crap that you don't need. Yeah, as you go through it, kind of like any booster pack or gotcha game or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then when you successfully, po- and then on top of that, you know how Pokemon has IVs, well, Fire Emblem Heroes has IVs also. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> so you could get the hero you want, but then uh, it could have horrible IVs. So like, you could have like like usually plus attack and plus speed are like the two best for most units. So if you get a minus attack hero, it's usually like not very useful at all to use, and you'd probably just fodder it off for skills. And uh, on top of that, the re- they uh, incentivize you to pull multiples of the same unit because you can merge them to boost their stats. To make a super unit. Yeah, exactly. Super so you can get Owain. up to a plus 10. Yeah, you can have an, a plus 10 Owain. 
and like he will have plus four to all of his stats inherently if you get a plus ten Owain, but it'll probably cost you like thousands of dollars to do that, so don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. But it's Fire Emblem Heroes and I play that pretty much on a daily basis. Sweet. I don't spend money every day, but you know, I do spend money when there's a unit I want. I can't really say the same about mobile games. I, I I dabble in I, I dabble in some uh, idle, like tapping games where you just have to like, you know, keep tapping to like increase the amount of something. Uh, those those I find pretty fun, or where you just have to like, you know, let the app remain idle and it, like it'll increase whatever. And those are kind of fun, but you know, aside from that, mobile games, not so much. I have yet to find a mobile game that's really maintained my interest. Um. Like Pokemon Go, not so much. Animal Crossing, Pocket Camp, not so much. So, I, I didn't like either of those either. I mean, Pocket Camp was like a one-day thing for me. Yeah, it, it held my interest for, I'd say, about a month. And then I just kind of fell off. Fire Emblem kind of keeps you coming back because you're always trying to get waifus. Yeah. And so you, you need the new waifu. Yeah. And then you need a swimsuit version of that waifu. So then <laughs> in the summertime, you're just like, I need all of my, I need all of the orbs. <laughs> so I can yeah. pull my swimsuit Camilla. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Camilla's great. She's a great character with big boobs. Like <laughs> you, mean, you mean personality, don't you? No, I mean boobs. Uh, <laughs> She she has a good yeah you know she's a good and character that, though I uh, actually I was gonna get into Fire Emblem a little bit just because uh, that was one of the other games I was playing was Fire Emblem Fates Conquest oh yeah I had played Birthright when it came out but uh, the version of Fire Emblem Fates that I bought had all three games on it okay so I finally finished Conquest the other day I kind of busted out my 3ds and have been playing that so. I finished it, and it was actually different from Birthright, which was interesting. I mean, the maps were obviously different, but even the way the story ended was different. So it was kind of intriguing to go through I mean, it I, a second I, time. I, I kind of expect it to be. You know, un- unlike Pokemon, where you've got two versions where really the, the main differences are which Pokemon you can get. With Fire Emblem, it's more story-driven, so I would expect there to be some some more sizable differences in the plot. Yeah, and the third version is uh, Fates Revelation. So basically, the difference between the Fates games is there's Hoshido, the Kingdom of Hoshido, and the Kingdom of Nor, and you choose one side or the other in Birthright or uh, Conquest. Uh-huh. But then in Fates Revelation, there's like a point. So it's all de- dependent on this like uh, point, this choice. And so in Revelation, you choose not to side with either side. And yeah. You, yeah, so uh, I haven't beaten that path yet, but uh, I started it the other day. Okay. Um, so I'm interested to kind of see where that goes. And uh, cool. all three games kind of share the same cast of characters. Uh, in one game, you can recruit some of the units, but not the others, and then vice versa in the other game. Kind of like yeah. in Pokemon, how they have version exclusives. It's kind of the same idea. And then uh, in Face Revelation, you can uh, pretty much recruit anybody from either game. So it's kind of like the path, the 
I would assume the canon path. Cool. It's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I've put in 65 hours total into Fire Emblem Fates in general between both games. So Cool. So given the kind of stitched together nature of this episode, I'm not sure if we're nearing the end. Uh, I'd, I'd go out on a limb and say that we are. Yeah. So is, there well, anything, is there anything else that you wanted to, to say? about what you've been playing recently before we end things? I would say, uh, you know, I have just been kind of delving into a bunch of things. I know I sounded down on Red Dead Redemption 2 earlier, but uh, to be honest, in an effort of time, I didn't really go too much in depth into what I loved about the game, and there's so much of it that I'll probably talk about it periodically as we keep talking. That's fair. It is a game that I don't plan on stopping playing until Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out at this point. Sure, yeah. That's right. Uh, I guess the only other thing that I want to say is that um, games that I will be playing in in at least a short capacity or small capacity uh, are games that will be available at the Nintendo Switch holiday experience because I happen to live near one of the locations where they'll be showcasing demos of some upcoming titles, such as uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, obviously, uh, and then some others like uh, the Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Mario Party, Just Dance 2019, oh boy, and uh, Nintendo Labo. So I'm looking forward to that. That sounds cool. Yeah, you'll have to let us know what you think. I sure will. On that note, give us a like or subscribe. This has been the Frankenstein episode. The Frankenstein's monster episode. Yes, where everything is stitched together. And there's going to be lots of awkward cuts when I finally put this all together. But you'll have a good time regardless. And with that, may all of your stitches be clean. (laughs) Make sure you put on that hydrogen peroxide. And keep a steady hand. (laughs) On that note. On that note, that's it for this episode. Everyone take care and Godspeed. Take care and Godspeed.